talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Let's welcome your show hosts, 30 plus year radio veteran, author, playwright, lousy karaoke singer, and lover of fat and freaky American classic cars, Mark Catfish Groves, and freelance automotive journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield. Let's put the pedal to the metal. Road, Road Muscle, Muscle Radio is on the air. From the Magnificent Cowlick Media Offices located in my basement. That's right. Welcome to Road Muscle Radio. I'm Catfish Groves. And I'm Brett Hatfield. Be sure to check out Road Muscle Radio on Facebook, on Twitter, at RoadMuscleRadio.com. You'll find links, our blog, events, and of course, our podcasts. I was on the road last week. I stopped to get gas and use the John. I saw Road Muscle Radio graffiti on a bathroom wall. For real? No. You lion <laughs> Damn it. It's for nothing. Coming up in this episode of Road Muscle Radio, it's the first birthday for the C8. Car Appreciation Day, part two. Make a wish and blow out your fire and a McPherson challenge for a worthy oh, classic future. So happy to see that one. Then in segment two, Dr. Sean Preston, president of the National Corvette Museum in Bowling Green, Kentucky, is going to join us with some history, some info, some exciting news on what's coming up at El Cathedral Corvette. This is where I worship. You know this. You were on the road. Yes, I was. And uh, what were you doing? I got to go cover an auction, and it had been too long, and I didn't realize how much I missed it until I got there. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I got there, I was like, oh, God, yeah. Um, but our buddy Vern Estes was uh, representing the John Otzbach collection uh, at the Mecham Indianapolis auction. So how close did you get to, to uh, some of those world-famous vehicles? I was in every one of them. Oh, my God. I in was, it. I was in every one of them. Uh, thank you, Vern, uh, publicly one more time for giving me access to all those cars. I, t- I shot pictures of everything. I even got inside the ropes to shoot pictures of that 65 GT350R002, the Ken Miles flying oh, Mustang car. God. The one that sold for $3.85 million. It was with, 8.5? I thought it was 3.5. It oh, was, that's right. Because it, three, five, it then beat the, the bullet. Well, it's 3.5 and then the juice. So you got the 10% on it. That makes it a 3.85 car. God. Uh, And it was incredible. And there were great uh, uh, autographs on the underside of the trunk lid and uh, just incredible stuff. And lots of other very unique, very significant uh, Shelbys there. There was a 289 uh, independently campaigned Cobra race car. Oh my God! Oh. <laughs> uh, the the whole Otzbach collection was stunning. I got into a car that I'd never seen before in person. Is a '67 Lamborghini uh, 400GT, and uh, just so sexy. So uh, not quite mirror level, but right. really close. Uh, they also had uh, you know a couple other. Cobras that weren't part of the Otzbach collection. There was a 289 slabside streetcar, a 427 wide hip streetcar. Uh, there were some really significant Ferraris. <laughs> Can't believe I get access to the crap I do. So while I'm talking about it, I have to thank David Morton. He's the guy that helped set everything up for me nice. at, at uh, Mecham, and he gave me really unfettered access to everything I wanted to get into. David, thank you so much for making last week. Just a breeze. 
Man, I missed it. I missed yeah. it. I haven't covered anything since January, since Scottsdale. Good I haven't been, I haven't been live for anything. You know, I've done yeah. online auctions, but I haven't been there. I miss the cacophony. You hear There's the, such an energy, I would you, think. You you hear the auctioneers and there is it's just electric and this being the first big return for Meekum and yeah. the first big live auction uh most anywhere. And on top of all the the really great cars, and man, did they have a great selection of stuff. They had multiple LS6 Chevelles and El Caminos uh-huh. uh, and just really cool stuff. On top of that, the Otspot collection had over 6,000 pieces of memorabilia. They God. had – there was so much stuff. They had a completely separate auction, auction block just, just for the and stuff. auctioneer just for the stuff. And it, it just – it was so cool, man. It, it it covered the Indianapolis State Fairgrounds, so it's multiple buildings. And every time you walk into another building, you're like, wow, look at all this stuff. And, it, you know, just fantastic stuff everywhere. It was really, really cool. How, I was glad to be back in the saddle, so to speak. How did the hammer go? I mean, did did they sell most of it? Uh, was it a- $74 million worth of stuff. Gee, many Christmas. A 78% sell-through rate on just the cars. If you add in the memorabilia, the sell-through rate goes up to 90%. Their numbers were staggering. Things were bringing great money. The collector wow. car market is very much alive. And it was a fantastic auction. And, folks, uh, next month you'll be able to read all my coverage on it in Sports Car Market Magazine. Make sure you look for the October issue of that. Just really cool and so glad to be back doing what i do really enjoying it and one more thing (laughs) i realized when i got home and i was looking through articles i've published i keep a list of them as of last month i've been published 50 times nice and uh, i'm kind of proud of that that was pretty cool so great car week last week nice had an incredible time uh, even got to swing through a couple Harley dealerships, buy more T-shirts. Well, I uh, I almost put the hammer down myself. Thank you very much. Come on. I know I was I was ready to buy it. Uh, only I, I lucked out and didn't. <laughs> oh, and, oh no! Uh, to make a to make a long, stupid, sad story shorter. Oh, so, okay. So the crap box looked pretty good, and then you found out it was really a crap box. Yeah, um, and and I had to have help on that one because uh, I went to look at it. It was a '65 Chrysler New Yorker two door. Oh my uh, with the Lord. 413 in it. Oh and the thing, Lord. you know, you roll up on it and you're like, yeah, that's a 20 foot paint job, but it's decent. I'm not seeing, a, I'm not seeing warping. 20 foot I'm, paint job on a 21 foot car. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you get down to one bumper and you're 20 feet away from it. Uh, but the, uh, uh, you know, it, it looked great. The interior looked to be in, in really overall good condition. There were, you know, things here and there, but it was, you know, my price range, but actually my price range plus a couple thousand. Mm-hmm. So I bumped it up to try to get a, at least a more decent. So you were, you were really going to throw it down. I was, yeah, I took the money. I was serious. And I thank God it didn't run as well as it could have. Oh, uh, boy. Nice enough guy who owned it, but I think he put the carb on himself. It was a four-barrel uh, Holly, brand new. Oh, and you yeah. could hear it going, <laughs> so there was a vacuum hose somewhere that was a fup duck. Or, and, uh, or, or maybe uh, didn't quite have the base gasket done right. Yeah, it wasn't solid on the manifold, something so like that. So it started up, and it was a cold start. Okay. Cold start, just first turn, <laughs> and, and was running, but if you uh, if you eased on the gas, if you were easy on the gas instead of just putting your foot into it, it died. 
Every oh. time. Like it, and basically it was just squirting fuel down its Dude, throat. It's just a carp, but just swap the carp. But, well, the beauty of it is, no, this is where I got saved because, uh, uh, I've never worked on a carb before, not really. I effed around with one, but not never rebuilt. So uh, we took the test drive. It just, it was a dog. Uh-huh. Uh, if you got into it, if you basically went from zero to go, then it would run. But that's about it. And I'm like, this, it, when it was running it, you know, down the road, it was decent, uh, floated like a dream. Anyway, so I got it back and I was like, hey, let me, uh, let me talk to a guy tonight. And my son is rebuilding this crap box of a truck mm-hmm. with his next door neighbor where he lives. And uh, this young man in his mid twenties is like, he, he's an empath mm-hmm. for vehicles and putting them back together. The guy is insane. And uh, just knows his S or will figure it out without hesitation. Sounds like some of our other friends. Oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this little uh, genius, uh, I was like, hey, if I, if I drop you a 50, can, can you come along? Yeah. So I uh, paid him to come along the next day. We went back out and looked at it. And he was much more thorough than Mark was. Uh-huh. And we're climbing through this, and he's looking at it. He's like, yeah, that, that going to have to redo that card. That's a blah, 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 this and that. And he's looking at this and that and the other, and he's going underneath, and he's got a pen light, and he, he brought a, mm-hmm. a magnet because, of course, I forgot to, mm-hmm. and doing this and that. And we finally got in because he's like, man, that's a lot of undercoating. This thing's been painted yeah. at least more, more than once, uh-huh. uh, a lot of undercoating. So we got underneath uh, to where the carpet, it didn't go all the way up. You know, it was, it was newer carpet, didn't go all the way up. You pull it down and, you know, we've got our wonderful friend Tim over at Hushmat. Uh-huh. Well, this was kind of like Hushmat, except you usually put it around your, uh, <laughs> you know, your vents and stuff uh-huh. in your HVAC. Uh, it's that type of metal with the gooey glue on the back. Oh, boy. And so, this, and is starting, at that, this is starting to sound like bad J.B. Weld or something. On one side, it's it's okay, passenger side. We get over to the driver's side. You peel back the carpet. You look at where that, uh, that stuff stops, that uh, noise uh, insulation stops, and there's rust. Oh. And it's wet. Oh. It's actually wet. You pull that back, and it's rusted back behind that oh, J.B. Weld no. stuff. And he's like, hang on, dude. And he's like touching the carpet. He's like, okay, Chuck, over here. It's a little Carpet's wet. Here, you go to the back where the back uh, seat is. It's wet back there, too. So and the he, black mold's holding it together. Yeah, basically, <laughs> he kind of leans into me and he goes, walk away. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Yeah. So, uh, and it was, yeah, it was ma- magnets don't stick to undercoating. <laughs> but I, uh, I had the money. And, and if it had run Saturday, if it had run well, I'd have bought it. I'd have pulled the trigger right then because then I would love the car. Home. I would have taken home a nightmare. You would have taken home the Rust Ranger. So uh, getting that second opinion by somebody who's smarter than I am. This is Whew. this is why I approach pre-buy inspection, baby. Yep. Thank you, Dylan. <laughs> You're a smart young man, and I respect you. And uh, thank you for your service in the army. So uh, anyway, that was my weekend, but uh, you know, I'm still I did go look also that same day Saturday at a '65 Newport that uh, pictures lie. They lie. Damn well, you! They can be uh, quite subjective. Uh, well, if, these pictures made it look pretty, and I went out there and I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, photographic oh. Edit- editorialism. How about that? Yeah, done. Uh-huh. So anyway, we've got a lot of actually really cool news. One of them kind of sad, but overall cool. Why don't you hit it up with us? Well, let's start with my favorite. It's always going to be Corvette stuff, baby. Uh, happy birthday to you, number C, uh, C8. 
Yeah. You got to your first year, and it's been a pretty crap year for you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You, you kind of got screwed, buddy. <laughs> uh, July 18th, 2019, the mid-engine Corvette was finally revealed. I remember sitting in a hotel room. I was in an auction somewhere. I think I was in Lincoln. Some, yeah, it was Lincoln because that was a miserable week. Uh <laughs> And watched the Corvette be revealed and vowed to myself, well, that's the one. That's the one I'm buying. Yeah, there it is. That's the one I'm buying. And I'm still of that bent, but I also know knew that it would take a good year or better for dealers to quit tacking on 30000 gouge yeah. dollars and crap yeah. like that. But uh, it took 60 years from the time Zora Arcus Duntoff, the, who's considered the father of the Corvette, who was really, really pushing for a mid-engine design for the second generation that would debut in 1963. He was pushing for this in 1960, and it only took 60 years for him to get around to building his vision, a mid-engine Corvette that would compete with the best that Europe has to offer and ours does. Thank God. Uh, The C8 represents a giant leap forward for mass-produced vehicles because it's the only one offering eight cylinders, two seats, rear-wheel drive, a mid-engine layout, and anything else for $60,000. Now, sixty grand is not chump change. No. But when you compare what that car has, and what it offers in performance, styling, and comfort compared to anything else. But probably the most direct comparison is the Ferrari 488. You can buy five base Corvettes for the price of a 488. Well, you know, that's one of the things I keep learning. Whenever we record Driven Radio Show, our uh, brother podcast, The uh, every time I'm on that and – you guys get to talking about these these kind of higher end exotics and stuff, and I'm like, well, that sounds really cool. That sounds like okay. how much is it? Jesus H. Yeah, yeah, it's your house and then some. <laughs> oh, dude, and how? Yeah. So yeah, no, but a Corvette. You know, if you if you go look, here's a good here's a good example. You drive a Silverado, right? You see what new Silverados go for? Yeah. You can buy a Corvette for that. Whoa, that's pickup truck money. Wow. That's pickup truck money. You get a four-wheel drive Silverado, an extended cab or crew cab. You're well over sixty grand. And I'll bungee cord that drywall to the top of it if I have to. Lowe's, we'll make a deal. Well, I'm, qu- I'm quite sure there's a rack <laughs> system out there somewhere. But the uh, the C8 has been an amazing car, but it's just had the worst year. You know, UAW strike, COVID-19 pandemic, <sighs> supply chain hook, hiccups, various quality issues that you always have with a first year. Oh, with the first year, yeah. With a first year car, and especially one that's such a radical departure from the model before. This is a huge change. So first year has been kind of rough for the C8, but they, uh, they're they about to start pumping out the second year, the 2021 model. This thing is still in huge demand. You can't find them no. under $100,000. Well, you can find some on eBay. I've looked. But they're still <laughs> very much in the eighty grand neighborhood, and yeah. that's for a used one. And it won't, it won't even be the fully loaded 3LT. It'll be a one or a two. But, uh, man, C8 Corvette had a really, really tough first year. Uh, and they're working out the bugs. We're already talking about the 2022 Z06, which is going to be a beast of a car with that five and a half liter flat plane crank, uh, LT6, uh, center mounted exhaust, carbon, carbon fiber wheels, mm. uh, really sticky Michelin rubber on there, larger wing, active arrow, and they're talking possible turbo on those. What? Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're talking 600 horsepower. Now, I, 
I've read several uh, road tests and reviews on the first uh, year on the 2020 Corvette. The general consensus is GM lied about horsepower. And they lied about horsepower the way they used to in the 60s and 70s. They said, mm, 495. A lot of people are seeing close to that at the wheels. Wow. So, yeah, uh, talking about 600 on the on the Z06, I'm guessing it might be a little bit more. Uh, they're expected that the, they're talking about calling the uh, the Z06 or possibly the ZR1, uh, which would be an all-wheel drive uh, hybrid. Uh, God, I just love the idea of it. It's just I'm getting tickled thinking about it. They're thinking about calling that one the Zora, and it would probably run heads up with the McLaren P1, the LaFerrari, Porsche 918, and those are all million-dollar cars. Yeah. And I'm guessing you would see a ZR1. Sub hundred fifty grand. Dude. <laughs> that, that's America. <laughs> that is America, baby. America. <laughs> so, uh, though it's had kind of a rocky start, I think we're going to see big things from the eighth gen Corvette. I'm so excited! It's a great time to be a Corvette guy. Amen. The uh, National Car Collector Appreciation Day was June 10th. This is from InsuranceJournal.com. Uh, but you know, since getting together on June 10th was really not that easy. No. Specialty insurer American Modern Insurance Group is going to be hosting an online show to pick the best classic cars and trucks and hot rods. I saw this. I'm thinking about doing it. You should. I'm you should stick glad in that. The uh, if you visit American Modern Classics Car uh, Collector Car Facebook page, you can submit a description and one of three photos. Uh, one, two, three photos of your classic car or truck. You have until July 23rd, and then American Modern said that uh, its judges will select winners by July 27th. And then, from July 27th to August 4th, images of all submissions and the winner from each category will be displayed in a gallery on American Modern's Facebook page. Now, of course, this is to drive, you know, Facebook clicks and likes, etc. But I still think it's a freaking cool thing to do, especially since the Appreciation Day has already passed. But they're like, you know what? That's a cool thing. Let's keep the spirit alive. Now, additionally, uh, you can vote for your favorite winning collector vehicle, and a fan favorite will be awarded to the classic car submissions uh, that get the most engagement. So, Vlad, 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 by the way, Vlad. Contest is open for the following car show categories, best street rod, hot rod, car or truck, best antique car or truck, best muscle car, best classic car or truck. The best uh, street machine, resto mod, car or truck, Vlad, 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 Vlad. <laughs> uh, best modern day domestic, subtle, best, uh, modern day domestic car or truck. Yeah, okay. And they said, uh, now according to the company, they, this is a quote from them. We view these classic vehicles as works of art and we are dedicated to helping our clients safeguard their cherished investments. So uh, be sure to check that out. Go to uh, their Facebook page. Again, that was American Modern Collector Car Facebook page. Look Put your stuff re- up. Look for that red 61 Impala with a black stripe down the side. Flat and flat. on top of that, the pictures I'm going to submit were taken by PED. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's, so, uh, that's any, Anybody cheating. who's unfamiliar, uh, go check out Ped Watt's work at wattdesignphotography.com. That kid is an artist. It, he's got no business being that talented. That's just disturbing <laughs> to me. Yeah, it annoys and me. he has he's taken so incredible pictures of my car. I am so very pleased with those. Ped, thank you much. I'm going to submit those, and everybody can just watch me win. From NECN.com, <laughs> you know, for your 50, 50th birthday, how about making a wish and blowing out your lightning fire? Oh. No? 
Oh, I feel this so is, bad for this guy. This is one of those sad stories, man. Uh, fire officials in Hartford, Vermont, believe a July 14th morning lightning strike is to blame for a fire that wiped out a building housing several businesses and a dude's prized car collection. Mm-hmm. It tore through the Connecticut Valley Auto Auction, which sells cars to dealers. And according to their chief, uh, chief of uh, fire, uh, Scott Cooney of the Hartford Fire Department, uh, there were explosions from vehicles within the building. Mm-hmm. So the uh, uh, good news is no one was hurt. Bad news, uh, 66 Corvette, another Corvette, two Mustangs, and a 57 Chevy. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. And it's even worse than you think. Uh, believe it or not, I read this article, and I read the article on a couple other places. Connecticut Valley has more than one storage warehouse. Two of them no. were hit by lightning on the same night. No. Yes. Oh, that sucks. Oh, oh. yeah. I thought this was just bad enough that it happened it, on the- Is that the crap coincidence of all time? This guy, this happened on the day before his 50th birthday, mm-hmm. the owner. So, uh, so hey, man, our hearts are with you guys. Oh, we're, we're so I, sorry, I, man. I feel for him, and not just because ju- Corvette lost, but just- uh, I'm so sad for that guy. Really, really am. Now, and some really great uplifting news. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. And I saw this uh, this morning, and I was so happy. <laughs> uh, from from my alma mater, McPherson College announces a million dollar matching gift challenge. Oof! The restoration program. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh they've God. announced a million-dollar matching gift challenge from Florida philanthropist and automotive enthusiast Dano Davis. Uh, the gift will support business curriculum development, student experiences, and scholarships for students yes. enrolled in the only bachelor's degree in historic automotive restoration in the country. The only one. McPherson, Kansas, out in the middle of somewhere. In- uh, about halfway between Salina and Hutch. Yeah, it's just somewhere and, and, in Kansas. And man. you know you're living in a small town when you're going to Hutch looking for excitement. <laughs> we love you, Hutch. By the way, we, that's a, we don't mean to say anything. Hey, bad. I put ten thousand miles on a Harley in one year, zip in between Mac and Hutch. Dude, I lived in Salina for a year. It was like purgatory. I uh, I took a job out there, sight unseen. I hadn't gone to the station or anything, and it had like this World War II uh, board mm-hmm. that I really should have talked to him about. But uh, I did meet some wonderful people. Had a great girlfriend while I was there, and uh, uh, the rest of it. Salina, like Salina, they had bogies. By the way, the oh, place yeah. called Bogies, and the the Cozy Inn yeah. for those incredible sliders. But uh, it's kind of a place you go to exist. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It is. But, it, you know, it, if you move. From Kansas City, where we live, we live on the Kansas side, and we're we're South Suburban Kansas City. You move from here to any other part of Kansas, <laughs> any other part of Kansas. I'll put it to you this way: in every county in Kansas except Johnson County, an F one hundred and fifty is a status symbol. <laughs> you're you're not wrong. <laughs> no, I'm not. Bless their hearts. No, I'm not. Uh, by the way, let me give a shout out real quick to uh, 99 KG KSKG Salina, Kansas. Uh, to Ray Pollard and uh, and the whole gang out there. I know Ray doesn't own the station anymore, but he was my station manager. Gave me the best compliment I ever had from a station manager. Ray had uh, really super thick glasses, made his eyeballs huge. He was kind of goofy looking, but a good guy. And he came walking in because I was a 24 year old little hot shot radio discama jockey. Blue flame. And uh, I went from evening show to morning show and was also the production director after I'd never done 
that. And uh, he walks in and in his mumbly shanks way, he was like, you know, we're going to really kind of appreciate the work you've been doing. Hands me an envelope, walks out. I I have never in my freaking life had a boss walk in and just give me something to walk out. It was a $50 bill. It that was, was cool. And I was ass poor. Oh, bare ass poor hey, living out there. 50 bucks. And 50 bucks and is 50 bucks, it. baby. But n- nobody had just come in because they thought I was doing a good job and done that for me. You know, yeah. you either had, you either earned bonuses or this or that. There's always some hoop. And this guy just walked in out of the goodness of his own heart. And, uh, uh, it's been one of my favorite memories. Uh, I got a compliment like that once we'll discuss in another show, Done. but, uh, this is great news for McPherson. Yeah, back this to McPherson. million oh, yeah, dollar McPherson. matching <laughs> gift challenge. Uh, Dano Davis hopes his gift will motivate others to support McPherson college's automotive restoration program. Any gift designated to the restoration program for the lab, classroom support, scholarships, tool fund, endowment will qualify for the match. Nice. So anything we give, Dano is going to match up to a million dollars. God, that is, is that awesome. not stunning? That is just You're fantastic. Hero, uh, I became acquainted with the college through its students who visited the Brumos collection on a college-sponsored spring break in 2018. I was so impressed with that. I hired one of the students to work for me, Davis said. Now, that student is a friend of the show and a friend of ours. It's Aaron Israel. And, Aaron. And Aaron uh, I'm convinced you talked Dano Davis into doing this. I blame you. Good on you, Aaron. I can't wait to see you again, brother. Uh, <laughs> the following year, Davis attended the student-led car show on the college campus. That would have been last year. Uh, bringing two cars from the collection. Oh, he brought that stunning early 20th century Peugeot race car. I believe it was a 1914 or 1917. I don't remember which one. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, that's the one that uh, Ped shot pictures of on Luke's lawn. It's just so cool. That's why it looks so good. (laughs) Uh, Davis says visiting the campus and seeing the commitment of the faculty and staff and students was inspiring. I knew I wanted to do something to help support not only the technical aspect of their automotive education, but also the business side of it. Awesome. Davis was principal owner of Brumos Motor Cars, a successful dealership group, and Brumos Racing, which fielded so many cool Porsches for so long and had drivers like Hurley Haywood uh, tied to the dealership. And he was Hurley's one of the most successful drivers at the 24 Hours of Daytona with five wins. Uh, the Davis family founded the well-known grocery store chain Winn-Dixie. So I shopped at Winn-Dixie when I lived down in Dallas. I yeah, can tell you how many times. Absolutely. Chain grew to 1,400 stores in 13 Jeez. states, 14 billion in sales. They sold the company in 2011. Uh, for more information on this or to make a gift, contact Amanda Gutierrez. She is the vice president for automotive restoration. She's also one of the sweetest people. I she know. was so nice. It was, it was what, two years ago when we first started doing this and we got a chance to talk yeah, chat with her. And But Amanda's been a friend for a long, long yeah. time and I love her to death. You can contact her at Gutierra, G-U-T-I-E-R-R-A at mcpherson.edu or visit www.mcpherson.edu forward slash giving forward slash make a gift. We will have those links on Road Muscle Radio. Absolutely. Now coming up in segment two, coming up next on Road Muscle Radio, Dr. Sean Preston is going to join us from the National Corvette Museum, which by the way, the NCM was named number one automotive attraction for 2020 by USA Today. Even more so than the Peterson Museum. That is that is insane. We'll find out why coming up next on Road Muscle Radio. 
back with Road Muscle Radio. Find us on the web at roadmuscleradio.com, on Twitter at Road Muscle Radio, and on Facebook at Road Muscle Radio. Now, if you know somebody we should talk to, uh, whether they're cool people who own cool things or have a great story on a vehicle or have some like super cool new product that'll make our fast things go faster, Yeehaw. we like those. Send us an email at driver at roadmuscleradio.com. Driver at roadmuscleradio.com. And, of course, you can message us on Facebook because I leave that up all day because I'm old. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, you know, you, you want a place where you can share a belief, a, a hope, a fire that, you know, burns inside of you. Where you look around you and you can believe in a higher power. Uh, especially higher horsepower <laughs> and almost godlike reputation for cool. Welcome to the Holy of Holy Cows, the National Corvette Museum. It's a sprawling campus dedicated to the vet set in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And joining us today on Road Muscle Radio is president of the National Corvette Museum, Dr. Sean Preston. Welcome aboard, Sean. Thank you all very much. Looking forward to the conversation. Oh, we have we have questions. You're going to do all the talking. <laughs> well, actually, that's not quite true. Uh, Brett, how, ma- how many Corvettes have you owned over your lifetime so far? Six. Uh, 60, 70, 74, 77, 87, and a 92, and I'm still shopping. <laughs> <laughs> what was that one you talked about in segment one that you saw? Oh, uh, they had my dream vet at Meekum this weekend. They had a 65 Nassau Blue, and I think – they really got the Nassau blue right. Uh, but 65 Nassau blue over white interior convertible, white convertible top, 327, 365 horse, four speed car, knockoff side pipes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's one of those dream cars, Sean, that uh, Brett has talked about many, many times. Oh, I was ready to trade off children, uh, <laughs> organs, just whatever. So basically, you run a big household, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Sean, Dr. Preston, that uh, is right up Brett's alley. Tell us the hist- uh, quick history of the museum, you know, how, how it came to be and why in Bowling Green. That's fantastic. It's, it's a really great story. Uh, the museum opened Labor Day week in 1994, and it was born from an idea uh, of, um, of the members of the National Corvette Restorer Society, NCRS, very active group of uh, folks and, and their presidents on our board of directors who so are very closely tied to NCRS. And they wanted to create first really just a library and an archive for all things historic related to the Corvette. Well, the idea shifted, I believe, quickly back in uh, 1994 that this might become a museum. And at that point, one of their members said, if you open a museum, I will put the first car in, 1953 Corvette, um, Ray Quinlan's car. And, and they said, sure, we'll do it. And they couldn't refuse. Uh, they, they debated a little bit about where it would go, but obviously uh, the plant is here. It moved from St. Louis in the 80s. And they said, let's put it in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And now here we are on a, as you mentioned, sprawling campus, gigantic museum building our own racetrack. And we can see the plant from my window. You know, the, uh, the, the uh, people that you talked about that started all this up, Brett's a member. 30-year. 30 30-year 30 member, uh, member of NCRS. <laughs> so, Fantastic. Uh, preacher? Choir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. This is my Mecca. I'm planning my Hodge. So you've got a couple of Corvettes, a hot dog stand maybe, and a Tilt-A-Whirl, right? Or is there, the li- is there a little more to the uh, the museum than that? Hey, 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 you forgot the Ferris wheel. Oh, my God, I did. I think that's the new thing. 
there is a lot more. You know, it, it's it's an awesome place. And, and what we're trying to do now, I've been here about 13, 14 months, and what we've really been focusing a lot on is capturing all those stories about Corvette. You know, the only continual sports car made um, since 1953. We have the only 1983 Corvette in existence. So we can say that we have um, can help to continue that that run of cars out without any break, obviously. Um, we have about 150,000 square feet. We have about 95 Corvettes, several prototypes, one of a kind that we either have acquired ourselves or on loan from GM or other folks that have these rare cars. Uh, we have a simulator you can ride. We deliver the cars. If you if you certainly could buy a, a new Corvette, uh, you can take museum delivery. It's called R8C is one of the options when you purchase a new car. So we're delivering about eight Miniature Corvettes every single day. It's a fantastic time okay. to see those cars roll down Victory Lane. Um, we have a theater, a huge store, uh, our own cafe, and across the street, our own racetrack. It's an awesome time. Now, I just caught on there, and Brett pointed it out uh, while we were listening. There was no 83 production year. So you, But you said you right. have an 83 Corvette? Is that what I heard? We have the one, we have the one and only <laughs> 1983 car in existence. Pre-production mule. That's it. It's a it's white, traditional red interior. Uh, looks a whole lot like an '84 or an '82, as you can imagine. And uh, very slight differences on some of the interior knobs and and uh, other pieces of the car, but it is sitting on in, in, in the museum right now. Now, if that's a production mule, is it like made out of you know dried silly putty? What, no, what'd you stop. make that out of? No, seriously, I am curious. I, I did not even know this. This is news to me. So the very short, the, the very short version uh, of the story is that there were eight of these cars that were going to the Crusher, and um, this was the last car in line to go. And at the end of the day, the gentleman in charge of moving the cars into the Crusher uh, decided he was going to do the, the, the last car the next day. It started to rain. Uh, he didn't want to go outside. It was a bad storm. So he parked the remaining car, the one and only now, inside the warehouse and figured tomorrow morning before his bosses got to work, he'd come in and crush that last car. He arrived to work the next morning. The crusher had been towed away. They had moved it to another location. <laughs> uh, they thought that he was finished with his job. So out of a bit of embarrassment, he hid the car behind the warehouse, put a tarp over it, no. and he discovered it decades later. No way. That's for real. That's insane. That's a, that's how that's these things happen, story. man. Yeah, that's like St. Peter said, you know what? That's not going through the gate. <laughs> that one's <Yeah>. staying. <laughs> so because of that, we have we can say, right, we can say that Corvette is the only car not to have I know you're saying about not being a production year eighty three. Absolutely understand that. But we can say that there's been no break in the construction of an of a Corvette every year since nineteen fifty three. That's fantastic. Now we talk a lot about in you know, you, you think museum, you think history, but you also mentioned, uh, as you were talking about what's going on there, Victory Lane. Tell me, tell me, we can watch vets being made. Oh baby, watch vets be delivered. So oh, you delivered. hop on the webcams now if you like through our website, uh-huh. and um, those people who purchase a new Corvette, they can choose to have the museum delivery option as one of the things that they select when they're building their car. And the car comes across the street from the plant to the museum. We prepare the car for delivery. You come here on your scheduled day. You spend a half a day with your own delivery host who shows you everything about your car you could ever want to know. Uh, you get a private tour of the museum. You're our VIP for the day. You have lunch in our cafe. You shop at our store. And then when it's time to go, you hop in your Corvette. In the passenger seat, we hop in the driver's seat. We bump, we beat the horn. 
my staff comes out and we clap as you and your car drive out the museum down Victory Lane. And there's a placard inside the car, if you so choose, that says Built For and has your name on it. Oh, no way. Yep. You know, I, have, I only saw that on a 65 Merc that I went to look at. And some dude had the plaque put in there for his wife. It said to, you know, Miss, and what was kind of funny, it was to Miss, uh, this car is for Mrs., you know, Charles Finley. So he even still had his name on it, but he said it was for her. You were selected as president, you mentioned, just about 14 months ago. So let's be honest, how has the ride been? This has been a unique year, hasn't it? It has, and, and um, you know, as many people are experiencing uh, with the shutdown and ongoing pandemic issues, you know, this museum has has uh, not only survived that, but I believe we've thrived during that time. And we are now, it was announced in March that Kentucky was going to shut down like other states. You know, we didn't um, lock up the doors, so to speak, and all go home and wait for it to end. My staff still came in, and we pushed ourselves into the virtual world as fast as we could to remain relevant to our members and our, and our enthusiasts. So we launched a children's series called Vet Academy for those kids who were sort of stuck at home, virtual learning, moms and dads looking for content. We produced one of those every single day during the wow. shutdown. And they're on the website, and they're fantastic. That uh, success spurred a twice-a-week um, uh, program um, presented by our curator, Derek Moore, going into depth, uh, more the, uh, the car collector type or the car enthusiast, not for kids but for adults, uh, called Fully Vetted. We, we launched an online car show with over 1,000 participants, and we converted our annual NCM Michelin Bash that's held here in April every year to a fully online uh, platform with 717 participants. You guys, wow, that's really busy. Did you have any like special characters, especially for the kids' show? Was it like Harry Horsepower? Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Professor put That'd the pedal down? No? Yeah. <laughs> I can show you what Harry hey, Horsepower that. looks like. We should have. <laughs> and then also, if I may add, while we were closed, the curatorial and collections team created and installed three, and I mean three brand new exhibits during those 10 weeks working wow. after hours, weekends, to make sure it's done. We were prepared that on June 8th, when the governor announced that we could open to the public, we were ready to go, and we had people waiting by the door on Monday, June 8th. We're talking with Dr. Sean Preston. He's president of the National Corvette Museum in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So be sure to check out their website for the stuff that we talk about and more at corvettemuseum.org. All right, Dr. Preston, you're going to have to... You're gonna to have to pick among your babies. What's your favorite exhibit? Oh uh, boy, that's that, it's really tough, but I, I but I, I can do it. I can do it. I I think the brand new um, E. Pierce Marshall Memorial Performance Gallery is my favorite. I'm gonna explain why. It's a couple of reasons. One, it's a tribute to Corvette racing. I mean, how dominant has has Corvette been these past couple of weeks, really racing with in IMSA, and now to see to, to have the Corvette Museum create a story starting with the first Corvette SS. In the 50s, all the way through now, we have just delivered one of the the last C7R race car that was retired uh, at the end of last year. So we have a tribute to all the cars in between. It's a very interactive exhibit where each of the 11 cars that are presented has its own educational kiosk, its own screen. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, exhibit. And secondly, what I love about it, as I mentioned the name, it's, it's our first donor 
um, provided or donor supported exhibit. E. Pierce Marshall lives in Texas, is, is honoring his father, his late father, who, who, who nice. got him into racing and Corvettes. He collects Corvettes. He has a C5R, a C6R, and a C7R in his collection. And when I met Pierce, I knew he was the exact right person to be the benefactor for this amazing exhibit. So now we can say we have a, a major um, exhibit supported by a donor. What are some of the other uh, new ones that have come out that people, if, you know, six months ago when we kind of started looking at, oh, things are going sideways, uh, what's new that we could run down there and check out? Absolutely. Well, the Entombed Corvette, 1954 Corvette that was purchased new um, in Maine, uh, owned by a grocery store um, uh, um, shop owner, and he, he had it for a couple of years. His wife said she did not like driving in it, wasn't very comfortable in the car. Um, so he said, well, I'm just going to put it in a vault under his uh, grocery store. And you can Google this. It's called the Entombed Corvette. And um, it, was, it was put in the, in the tomb for about 27 years. As is, taken out exactly as is, never been restored. It's an NCRS dream to look at this car. Um, and it was donated to the museum last year. They built a, an entire entombed exhibit. We replicated the exact dimensions of this tomb or this, this vault uh, down to the bricks. And we installed that in the museum. Now, I take it that fared better than that 157 Plymouth that they put into uh, that <laughs> vault and buried as a as a time uh, time capsule uh-huh. for 50, 60 years. And when they opened it, it was an ocean of rust. <laughs> this yeah. thing, this, this survived way better than that. <laughs> oh, thank heaven. That was. And then our other exhibit is the tribute to the mid-engine Corvette design, right? So we've been, we've been waiting decades for this mid-engine Corvette. Uh-huh. Um, started way back with with Zora Duntoff and and the and the Serve. One car, which by the way is here at the museum now, you can see the very first actual mid-engine Corvette concept car. Oh, wow. We've also um, GM sent us um, several other mid and rear-engine Corvette concept cars. Astro Vet Two is here. Ugly Duckling is here. Reynolds Aluminum Corvette is here. The two-rotor XT987 is here. Um, so we have this entire exhibit that's that's a tribute to the journey, the mid-engine journey to get us to, at the end of that road, you see the 2020 mid-engine Corvette. You know, several episodes ago, Brett and I actually went through a list of uh, uh, the evolution of the mid-engine Corvette. We talked about a number of the ones that you're talking about that uh, were just somewhere somewhere. F- Fabulous, beautiful machines. Some were different. <laughs> it, it, it's it's tough for me to do that as a segment and not turn it into a three-show piece. I get into the weeds pretty quickly. <laughs> and how? <laughs> well, awesome. These these exhibits sound fantastic. There was there was a time, and we would be remiss in the story <laughs> of the uh, of the museum if we didn't at least mention it when Mordor opened up underneath the damn museum and tried to eat things. <laughs> Can you tell us kind of what happened and and what was the story behind that? I that's one thing I realized in looking through stuff. I never really figured out why it happened. What caused the hole to open? You know, it, uh, act of God. It was nature. <laughs> it was literally just it's time to fall. So Kentucky is riddled with these karst caves. Uh, they're all throughout the, our property, if you will, and several other properties in, in Bowling Green. Uh, and, and I don't think that they thought about that when they expanded the museum. I wasn't certainly here in 1994 when they built or they began the idea of the, of the museum. So they built the Sky Dome, the beautiful, iconic yellow Sky Dome that you see on bumper stickers on our website, et cetera. And somehow, right in the center of that Sky Dome, not outside the walls of it, but a large section of the floor just disappeared, taking with it eight cars, uh, several of which were very priceless in terms of the yeah. one millionth Corvette 
swallowed by the hole. Demon car swallowed by the hole. Uh, 62 tuxedo black swallowed by the hole. So anyway, the, the, the cars fall down and, and, and the alarm bells go off. People think it's a fire. They come into the building. There's smoke. Actually, it's just dust from inside uh-huh. the cave. And then lo and behold, there are eight cars littering the floor of the cave. Yeah, but didn't you find like a treasure chest down there and a genie in a bottle and crap like that? <laughs> and no? the Goonies. <laughs> 60 barrels of illicit, very old Kentucky whiskey. <laughs> Nothing? No, but what we did find was hundreds of thousands of more visitors who wanted to see <laughs> oh, this marvel. <laughs> you macabre people. Dang it. I'm so glad they came, though. That's all, uh, you know, $15 uh, a head. Sweet. Now, yeah. <laughs> how, how did you remediate that? I mean, were, were, so, were so, at least some of the cars savable? Yeah, so actually uh, three of the cars, um, more than one that were on the top of the pile, quite honestly, physics did its number on the ones at the bottom. But the 62 Tuxedo Black was restored by my, the staff here. Um, GM uh, helped us restore the one millionth car, so it is here. It's the you know, very, very typical white with red interior, and then the blue, uh, uh, blue demon uh, car has been restored, which is a high horsepower, high performance um, version of a, of a of a Corvette. So those three were put back together, painted, they look beautiful. They look like they look fantastic. The other five um, are beyond repair. Uh, well, you know, you could always list them on Facebook or eBay. Because, you know, I know what I got here, and you don't bid me down, and, uh, you know, it'll buff out. No? Dang. That uh, that was, I remember when that happened, because it was such a heartbreaking story and an oh-my-God story. Now, how did, you, how did you fix the building? I'm curious, did you so, fill in the hole, or was it fillable? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a whole exhibit here at the museum where you can watch on on uh, sort of the stop-action camera that moves really fast, and it shows the number of days that it took and the crew working around the clock to fill in the hole with concrete and rebar and layer after layer after layer of that. Uh, they left a hole and a ladder that we go down twice a year um, to check the levels of any sort of gas or any, any sort of additional fracturing, which hasn't happened, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can actually see that hole from the middle of the sky dome when we, we made it into glass so you can step over and look down and see how far the cars fell oh. and then um then they put the floor back together and they put the cars back in there and it's, it looks great that's awesome and it, what a way to be able to take such a tragedy and at least turn it into one kind of learning experience and two something that people want to come see well played uh what are the plans <laughs> what are the plans for the rest of 2020 and then moving into 2021 yeah, absolutely. So, so we um, have some additional exhibits that need some refreshing. So, we'll be working on those uh, late 2020, uh, possibly into 21. We have the Ed Big Daddy Roth Rat Fink exhibit here right now through uh, the end of April of 2021. Anything you want to know about Ed Roth and the and the Rat Fink and all the amazing cars, Mysterion, Orbitron, Tootie Pie, all those oh my gosh old um, Ravel models that were yeah. fantastically popular. Uh, are all here. All the cars are here. It's the largest collection of Ed Roth cars in one building since they've been created. Uh, we feel honored to have that collection here for a year. Um, that's here for, for folks to see at the end of 20 and into 21. And then, of course, we're you know, waiting for the the rollout of the next production year of the Benjamin the Corvette, the 2021 model, and we'll be delivering you know, 8 to 9 to 10 cars a day every day until then. Wow. And uh, you'll have a a certain bearded podcast host that's going to come down there and buy a new Corvette next year. So <laughs> you can expect well, I hope it. That a certain be- I hope that bearded podcast host lets us know he's coming so we can give him some extra special treatment. A little woot woot raise well, the roof. I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to be number seven or if I'm going to find a uh, Nassau blue ragtop before then. <laughs> 
what he's that's that's a subtle way of saying dr preston hook me up yeah brace yourself yeah, come buddy. on man <laughs> i'm expecting emails <laughs> love to have you love to have you well, you can visit CorvetteMuseum.org for more info about this. Uh, an insane amount of cool stuff. I was crawling through the website, and I'm like, oh, my God, there is so much stuff there, and it's fun. Uh, you can learn more about Corvettes, stories about Corvettes, General Motors. You can learn about them, events. There's stuff to buy. It's crazy. I think they even have salt and pepper shakers that are uh, – I'm totally kidding. I don't know. I'm just coming up <laughs> they, with the- – They probably do. I've seen them. <laughs> and, they, and they have a cologne that smells like the exhaust out of an original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see one. All right, so uh, <laughs> or you can swing by my house and I'll just paint you in it. <laughs> Let you wear the uh, the black stuff too. And I'm sure Dr. Preston would love for you to uh, have him ask you about all that. Uh, so go check out the website. It's uh, it's easy, it's fun, lots of stuff to learn. CorvetteMuseum.org. And Dr. Preston, thank you so much for joining us today on Road Muscle Radio. It's an absolute pleasure, and thank you all for thinking about the National Corvette Museum. You know, all that stuff you talked about at the museum, I now want to go. I, I've wanted to go for years. Like I've said, I, I'm not kidding. This is my Mecca. I don't worship much, but, you know, I've I've been anointed at the Corvette altar years ago. <laughs> uh, I've been a, an NCRS member for 30 years. I've had that 60 Corvette for 32 years. Oh, my God, I'm old. <laughs> Oh, my God. No, you are like a fine wine. You're kind of purple and stuck in a bottle. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not quite ancient. Put a cork in it. I'm aging like milk and eight tracks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we really appreciate him coming on, and uh, I I, want to go. Dude, I'm so ready to go. go. And I wasn't kidding about buying a vet, about buying a brand new one and taking a museum delivery. I could tell. I wasn't kidding about that in the least. So somebody buy Vlad. It's super cool. Um. Yeah, and if we went through the the list of crap that uh, Vlad's got going for it, you know, the list of all the stuff that I've done and everything, Uh that becomes a segment in itself. (laughs) You are not wrong. I'm not kidding even. And after it wins that uh, virtual car show, come on, man. Hey, it's not going to be easy for me to get rid of that car. He'll even let you have some of the pictures of it. I'll let you have all the pictures. Believe it or not. This is no crap, and this is I've never had anything like this happen before. A guy saw that car at a show, and he did a watercolor painting of it. Oh, wow. Matted it, framed it, and gave it to me. We like him. And it's great. He did a really good job. The guy is so tough. I couldn't believe that. He just came up and he's like, here, I did this. <laughs> you did what? <laughs> you did. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, uh, thank him, and thank you. For listening today, we really appreciate it. Oh, man. Spending time with us as we yak about grease, gears, cool car stuff. You know, there's nothing like going on a fun ride, especially when you got good buds to join you with it. So, yeehaw. Be sure to visit us on Facebook at Road Muscle Radio at RoadMuscleRadio.com. Please leave uh, maybe some likes or stars or uh, whatever, some comments. We would love to hear from you. And even look for us on Twitter. I'm Catfish Groves. I'm Brett Hatfield. And we'll catch you down the road on Road Muscle Radio. 